It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, breaking down everything in the world of mixed martial arts. And we got a lot going, so let's just uh, jump into it. This past weekend, UFC 225, the main event that, that well, wasn't really a title fight, but um, there's a lot to tackle here in that I would not be mad at anyone if we did this a third time. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to do this a third time. And look, I I understand after the situation that uh, there were some issues that I didn't initially know about because, I mean, obviously the story going in here is Joel Miss Wade again. Yes, that is, yes, yes. That is the story going into this fight. So when I heard that, you know, everything went off. All the sirens, all the lights, like, screw this. I'm done with this. Let's get this fight out of the way so the main event is still relatively intact, but... You know, and Dana White had the same reaction. He might need to go up to 205. We found out later that there was some uh, chicanery with the Illinois Commission, who they're quickly running up on California and New York <laughs> in the ass hattery scale, which yes. I guess we shouldn't be surprised about. It is Chicago. Chicago vote early. politics? Yeah, no. Vote yeah. often. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's how it works there. So, um, I don't know if I want to see this again. I thought this was a pretty solid decision for Robert Whitaker. He's really? beaten him before. Yeah. Yeah. How did I mean, you score it? Oh, I'd have to go back and watch. I just I it was one of those things where I was watching it and as a whole. I thought he won the fight and I had meant to do a rewatch. I just haven't had time to go back and watch the whole five rounds. I was surprised it was a split decision. I'm not gonna argue with anybody who puts it the other way just because I haven't gone through the rounds, but it just looked like a Robert Whitaker win to me. Interesting. Yeah, and that was me watching it live yeah. damn near one in the morning. So that's always something that, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to die on that hill. I just thought it was, de- I thought it was a decent enough win. And he, overall, didn't you think he looked like he won the fight? So I, when I watched it the first time the same way you did, and I leaned, toward, leaned towards Whitaker. Okay. Um, and then I went back and watched it again. And I just think we're, we're still at a point, and you saw it in some of the scoring leading up to this main event that, that Illinois is just as bad as pretty much anywhere with some of the scores that they have on mm-hmm. there. Um, I had it as a draw. Yeah, a draw. And a draw so, that I'm happy with. Like, how I did you did, land? So you had Yoel winning around 10-8 there yes, at some point. Yes. Which I, round was that? I think that was the fifth round I had at 10-8. I don't have him in front of me, but I, I scored it as a draw. And I, look, I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't agree with me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying these two guys and the insanity of the Chicago Commission... Uh, aside, I wouldn't be mad about you don't need to do it next, although Yoel is 41 years old. You don't need to do it next, but I would not be mad if we did this a third time. Well, here's the thing. Let's re- let's reset for those of you unaware on how this all went down. Look, I'm not giving. Let me just say commission hijinks aside. I am not giving Yoel Romero a pass here. He should have been much closer. Nor he shouldn't I. have had to try to weigh in again. Uh, but what did end up happening is essentially he weighed in over. Uh, what was he over? Two pounds? Two tenths of a pound. No, 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 no. Oh, First initially time, two pounds. Yes, he was, he was. He was over by two pounds initially, and he was told he'd have to try to weigh in again. He'd be given two hours, and essentially he took a rest period and then started in the sauna or the shower. I forget which one it was. It was they were going to try to lose the rest of the water weight, but he he did rest briefly after the weigh in because those guys come in spent at the weigh ins, yep. especially the morning ones now, and that's. Not me saying that they should move them. That's just the reality of the situation. He was told he was given two more hours, and essentially after about an hour, they said, okay, we need to weigh you. And at that point, I think he had only been cutting for maybe 25, 30 minutes, he said. So he was supposed to have another hour to 
cut point two. Would he have gotten there? I don't know. It seemed like he was right at the edge. I'm not even going to say well, that, that video is horrifying. I'm not going to say that he's he's even going to make the point two, but it is uh, a little bit ridiculous that you're given a time frame and then that time frame has changed. I, I guess I can't wrap my r- mind around this, Eric. I, f- I figure if like you or I had to sit down, we could take 15 minutes to write out rules and they we would know the timing. You know which what I mean? Is, which is interesting because when you're talking about this weigh-in, um, so take for a minute the actual, we're going to switch it back to the afternoons out of it. Like that, Take that variable out of it. The fact that you as a fighter have to figure out what states that you're in where you have to hit it on the numbers, what states right. that you're in that you have an hour extra, what states that you're in that you get two chances extra, what states that you have two hours extra, and then when they tell you you have two hours, they're just kidding – I can't even imagine. Never mind that he doesn't get a pass for missing weight. That is not what I'm saying. No. But if they turn around and go, hey, you missed weight, but you get this other thing, and then they go, now we're just kidding. Right. Do you? And again, it could be it could be some idiot in the committee. I mean, the, the, the problem is we deal with so much bureaucracy is you could have a guy saying, yeah, you've got two more hours to cut weight. Okay. When maybe, maybe the verbiage should have been, you have to be on the scale in two hours. Right. Uh, who knows? I mean, and those are different things. Yeah. And we're dealing with fighters who are dealing in foreign languages a lot of the time. And uh, the situation just seems a little bit out of hand. And it feels like, you know, I, I feel like one of the things that needs to happen more so than even these afternoon weigh-ins is we figure out what the time period is, how many times you can weigh in. And, you know, you can simplify this thing real quick, Eric. You have to hit this weight by this time. That's it. But th- this is what I'm saying. We have a 10-point must system that doesn't change. Now, no one uses it, right? Because right. Because there weren't any – were there even any 10-8 rounds? We'll get to CM Punk. Were there 10-8 rounds in that? Because it should have been all 10-8 rounds, right? Um, Except that guy was – well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, we don't even use it when we – so – that aside, we have a 10-point must system that sits over all combat sports. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't we just have Ken Evans rules that, yeah, at 11 o'clock, whatever that time zone is, right. you got to weigh on the nose of whatever you need to weigh. Right. That's it. Right. And if these guys are mad about morning weigh-ins, look, I'll even compromise with you folks. You know, let's make it noon, day before the fight. Yep. Look, you got a couple more hours. You you know, I get it. You'd rather have a whole day to try to cut, but that's not fair to the other dudes that are coming in at weight. So noon, day before the fight, boom, you got to weigh in. That gives us a couple more hours, you know, six more hours for the guys who have been hitting weight to rehydrate. Yes. Not ideal like they're eight. But I, I feel like you need just to cut off time, and it doesn't seem like there's any consistency here. I guess I'd have to go back and look and see. I'd really like to look at the weigh-in rules for Vegas, and you know Vegas can have their own problems, but for the most part, they're at least consistent just because they host so many events. But it's very weird to me that we have the scoring system that's universal, but we can't come up with a universal weigh-in. Whatever it is, afternoon, morning, noon, nighttime, I don't mm-hmm. care, but I, don't, I can't even imagine, and we've talked about this with with other rules in MMA like I can't even imagine as a fighter you got enough going on that you've got to figure out when I'm supposed to weigh in okay here's how we can thread the needle because I get an extra two hours in Connecticut that I don't get in Texas right like right yeah and I'm not I'm not exactly sure um I think you just got to set a time and it felt like when we first saw this announced and and this might have been simply because I think it was UFC 200 right and it might have seemed very um clear at that point because that UFC 200 was obviously in Vegas. Right. And I feel like Vegas was, hey, morning weigh-ins, 8 to 10, you got to get on the scale. 
that was it. I don't remember any reweigh-ins or anything like that. I don't think now, there is in Vegas. But again, like this is the par- problem with the sport is I don't I, I don't actually know. Right. And I'm, I, if I remember correctly, that this was a, a situation too where you had the whole window. If you want to give guys a whole window, I don't care. But by a certain time, you got to hit the weight, and then you're done. You don't get, oh, we'll give you another hour to try. You've already had your two hours if you've got a window. Let's make it 10 a.m. to noon. Right. Anybody who's walking in, well, yeah, sure, we'll weigh in starting at 10. You get your eight hours now to rehydrate more than you would at 6 p.m. when we did these in the past. So it just seems weird. And I know that you know people want that option. They don't want to necessarily UFC paint themselves into a corner. Because they would want the option to have a main event still be on point and on target. You know, as badly as this went and as mishandled as, as it seems to be in hindsight, they still want that option to kind of live there, yeah. be there. Because they would have loved in this regard to have that main event happen as a championship fight. Now, I guess for lack of a better term, luckily for the UFC, their champion won. But if I remember the numbers correctly, I believe Luke Thomas talked about this and repercussions on guys coming in overweight. It's seven out of 10 or eight out of 10 guys that have been in uh, main or co-mains that have won when they come in overweight. So it's a clear advantage. Oh, yeah. Small sample size, but it's definitely an advantage. And you've got to do something to make this punitive because Yoel Romero missed weight, and he still got to go in and headline a card and almost beat the current champion, which would have set up something insane down the line for him to make more money, even though he came in missing weight. And this is what we've been talking about for a month, is that there is no, there's no repercussions to missing weight at all. There's none. Mm-hmm. Other than he didn't get the belt, right? Yes. And now he gets, so in a normal circumstance, he missed weight, and so it's a non-title fight, whatever. But in this particular case, he gets an asterisk next to it because he was told two hours and only got one hour, so... Yes, exactly. I mean, and the other and the other thing, too, is it's point two. And this is a little different than the Al Iacinta situation, uh, because Al, when he weighed in heavier, he had the pound allowance for his fight that he had scheduled. Correct. Ended up in the main event, what ended up being called a championship fight, because, I mean, the UFC can crown really whoever they want. Um, But he was slightly over, but never had didn't know he had to come in under, didn't know he would need to try to cut for those two hours, because I believe it was two hours he could have had in New York. Right. If we sort of play along with what sort of ha- has happened in the right. past. Yes. So that's different than the situation where Yoel knew he had to be down there and come in underweight. Absolutely. Hmm. I mean, and so it, you've got this scenario where it's not a clear winner. It's a split decision. And I'm not ma- Again, I... You think it's Whitaker? I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Jimmy thinks it's Yoel Romero. I'm also fine with that. I'm in the middle. I'm okay with that too. So you don't have a clear winner. Winner. You don't really have a clear distinction as to why it wasn't a title fight because now there's impropriety. That's a harsh term, but like impropriety or chicanery, as you said, with the Chicago Commission or Illinois Commission. Mm-hmm. And here we are. So is it Weidman next? Mm-hmm. P- probably. Right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, and one more thing to talk about here when we're talking about the weigh-ins, and, and there's been some talk to ditching the digital scales, too. Yeah, can we please do that? Let's please do that. Because this probably wouldn't have been an issue. Are you going to be able to tell on on a sliding analog? Is it analog? I guess we call it yeah, analog. Call it it's analog. not yeah. digital. Right. Uh, analog scale where you're moving the weights around, you know, all you got to do is get that little arrow to kind of be in the middle. 
Are you saying you can't do that with point two? I honestly, do, I don't know. I've not, I've not used those scales in a while, but I feel like I remember back in the day when I was weighing in on wrestling, all you kind of had to do is get that thing moving. And as long as it was sort of in the middle there, you're good to go at your weight. And again, when we're talking about weigh-ins, I would say, Ken, whatever we're going to do, let's agree on a, let's go to the digital world, right? Let's mm-hmm. agree on a platform. Right. These are the scales we use. The Ken Evans scale is a scale that we use. So if in your hotel room you have a Ken Evans scale, and then in the lobby there's a Ken Evans scale, when you walk out to the thing, it's a Ken Evans scale. Because you're hearing these stories, Ken, you're alluding to the fact that, like, in my room I, I was on weight, and then I right. went downstairs and I wasn't on weight. Well, right. And digital can do that because, I mean... Look, look at your cell phone. Look at my cell phone. They're both connected to a network and a satellite somewhere. And I guarantee that they're a couple seconds off of each other. Guarantee it. Not only that, there are cases where you could text me and it would take longer than me texting you or vice versa. Right. There's no uniform way in which that information gets out in the same way that like there can be discrepancies, even though we think digital is on the number. Yes. You're seeing this time and time again where guys are weighing in in their hotel room and then weighing in it like we'll call it. It's not this. This is a wrestling term, but like they're weighing in at what's known as the gorilla position backstage, and mm-hmm. then they walk out, and all three of them are different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess we have to decide how how big of a deal is point two. It's not. I not? don't. I don't think it is because I think like given another hour, there's no way he misses that. But he like he doesn't. I don't get know a, though. He doesn't get a pass for missing it the first time. That's not what I'm saying. Where he gets a pass is that you couldn't come up with a unified rule of what he got to do. Now he gets a pass, right? And and that is a problem. And that that's the thing with these commissions, man. Other than Vegas, who are doing them all the time and have these systems down and, you know, they've got certain guys assigned. The UFC is the biggest event that's going to come to any market that does MMA, by far. Even, even if Bellator comes to town, UFC's bigger. And the issue there is that, you know, Chicago hasn't hosted a UFC in how many years? Four or five, right? Right. I think they, they might have had a smaller show, but still, they're not getting the practice Vegas gets. No. Vegas is going to have six shows a year. Six shows a year to get it right, not counting that they, they half the time with the Contender Series, or excuse me, not Contender Series, um, what was what was the ultimate fighter? Some of the fight nights going on. They've got a lot of experience. Series. Yeah. Right, but that's not always in Vegas, oh. right? Dana travels to those. No, no, no. The contender series is They in, go back yeah, to Vegas? In Vegas. Oh, well then you're talking about then looking, they've got more practice. You're talking about looking for a fight where they travel around. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I can't keep up. Um but that just goes more to my point that they are definitely getting a lot of practice in in Vegas and they can get these systems down. And what you have is you have guys in New York that sort of did this five months ago. And uh, didn't we let Daniel Cormier hold on to a towel in New York? I don't know. Was that New York where that happened? I think it was. Yes. So, I mean, that's the things we're having. And those, those mistakes that teach you things, Vegas has run through a lot of those. They've already done them. They've screwed something up. Some guy here or there has has bitched about the fact. And let's not forget, they've got boxing experience, too, in New York. So when it comes to weigh-ins and things like that, you've probably already had some dude be told two different things. Hey, you've got two more hours to cut. Hey, you've got to be on the scale in two hours. Like some boxers probably showed up 20 minutes late, said, no, you told me I had two hours to cut. And I left two hours ago. And, oh, no, you had to be on the scale two hours from when you first wait. They've probably made that mistake and fixed it already. Yep. This could be Chicago's mistake, Illinois' mistake, where they don't, oh, sorry, I meant you had to be here. And again, we still don't know. We haven't heard from them. That's the other thing that bothers me about incidents like this sometimes. 
is you don't seem to have, and, and I really wish, you know, this is a question I thought of immediately, and I, I feel like some of the bigger guys in MMA media who can actually pose these questions, why is somebody not going to the commissioner? Going, what happened here? What, show Do you me, have a reason? Show me the rule. Right, like, right, let's walk exactly. through this. Like, look, tell me what happened. But these, you know, a lot of these commissions, they shroud themselves in secrecy. So it, it'll be interesting to see if anybody even asks a question or anybody makes that statement at this point. In the co-main event, you have Colby Covington as your interim champion at welterweight, which I... I, just, I thought he was going to beat up Joe Rogan. Didn't he say he was going to beat up Joe Rogan? He seemed like he was fine. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. there was nothing there, right? Got his belt. Everything was fine. He was good at that point. Uh, are you excited about the Woodley fight? If it happens. <laughs> <laughs> where's, I, where's Woodley on his timeline now? I think it's September, right? September, October. But, I, you know, what I think is interesting about Colby is... Um, Lots of people get wrapped up in all of the stuff leading up to this and forget the fact that the guy can actually fight, mm-hmm. right? We want to like somehow connect the fact that he may or may not be a terrible person in your personal opinion right. has literally nothing to do with his ability to fight because clearly he can fight. I did. He can fight, but I did think it was interesting that Dana White mentioned before this fight because there was a lot of talking and there was a lot of back and forth. And he said, I don't know. It seems like whenever the guys talk a lot, the fights aren't that great. It w- They were both game fighters. I didn't think it was that fun a fight to watch. They were negating most everything the other guy did. Yeah, well, but this goes back to what you and I have talked about all year long. It's like, what what are we watching the sport for? And you're watching it for different things. Like, if you're not, if you're not the person who wants to watch the human chess match, yeah, it's probably not the most exciting thing. You would much rather watch... 30-second knockouts on the well, Contender Series, not, right? And I know that's not you. That's not what I'm saying. But that's not – I don't even think that's what most people are saying. I think a fight like that, though, that goes through a decision and no guy ever seemed to want to take it – they both had opportunities and didn't seem to want to take advantage, which I thought was interesting. It definitely looked – and look, I don't blame Colby Covington. I don't blame RDA. This was an interim championship fight. It definitely looked like they were playing for the rounds yep. rather than playing for the win. And that's just not – when you talk the way you talk – that's not what you want. You're not setting the expectation properly. And, and this is this is the interesting um, back, backlash. Is probably not the right word. Um, this is the interesting like uh, boomerang effect from Connor, right? Like everyone wants to talk like Connor, but no one wants to fight fight like, like Connor. Connor, right? No, that's exactly Connor that's is a- not Connor's not winning rounds. Connor's going to beat the crap out of you or lose trying, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting way to put it, and I think you nailed it. It's just a situation where everybody's seeing what Connor's doing outside the cage. They're mimicking that. Chal Sonnen, you know, before that. Uh, but nobody's willing to go in there. I mean, even Chal would go in and fight the yeah. fight. And, you know, that's that's what gets people the respect. I mean, you know, Nick Diaz before, excuse me, Nate Diaz, before beating Connor was kind of a middling fighter. But we always wanted to see him. Yeah, because we, he would talk a bunch of crap, but he would go in there and fight, and he'd go out on his sword if he had to. And he's going to sit on Fox, Big Fox and give the double bird to the guy he's fighting in the triangle position, right? Like, right. That's what these guys are doing, and you're not seeing that with the Covingtons of the world who are emulating the Connor outside, but not necessarily inside. They're not going at RDA and going, you know, skill set be damned. I think I'm better than you at every position, so here we go. Well, I mean, and here's here's the other issue we have at this point in the night where we have uh, at least, and again, this is East Coast bias, folks. I'm sorry if you haven't caught it by now on this podcast. <laughs> this is our bias. This is our bias. Definitely East Coast bias here, and that's because of the time of the situation. At that point, we had sat, th- we had sat through 
three other decisions. Three other decisions earlier on the card. So it was what? It was 11-something by the time this fight came on? Yes. And all the trash talk and all of that? I think just it might have even been just before midnight. Yeah, I think it was like 11.50, something like that. It was late. Yeah, it was very late. So, okay, here's... All right, you know, we sat through that thing that we're going to talk about in a minute with Mike Jackson and CM Punk. Oh, Andre Arlovsky probably should hang him up. We sat through that. You think that? Well, I, I, I guess... I'm okay, a little go, skewed just, because just, I always wanted him to be the world champion kind of guy. Just keep going. Holly Holm, Megan Anderson. Okay, good win for Holly. Yep. Sat through that, though. Oh, hey, here's the guy. They've been talking all week. These guys hate each other, man. They're going to kill each other. They're going to they're gonna murder each other, man. Somebody, somebody's somebody's going to get an arm broken, man. They better have the EMTs ready. So not only did you have the expectation from all the shit talk the prior week, you had a point in the show where you're like, okay, finally, we're going to get something here. This is what we're, we're going to sink our teeth into. This is the main event as far as most people are concerned, uh, especially after the weigh-in issues. The weigh-ins, yep. And not, we didn't know at that point what was and wasn't going on uh, with the commissions at that point. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, great round. Yeah, he's probably going to come and finish him. Second round. Oh, wait, now he kind of, well, late, but maybe RDA grabbed that round. Not sure. Oh, Kobe's back. Uh, okay, he's winning the round, but he's not fighting now. That's I don't know. That's what it, it felt stuttered to me yep. in that fight. Well, and, and Colby is one of those guys, and I think you, heard, I think Luke was one of those guys who was talking about this as a, as a strategy. Colby's a guy that takes rounds off, right? Like takes round four off to go after you at round five, which yeah. again is not a Connor way to fight. No, and and again, it's smart, smart as yeah. hell. And let's not let's not take anything away from the guy across the cage from him. I mean, who took some of those rounds? He's a he's a world class, legitimate, top tier athlete. Which is a big deal. And, you know, the opening fight on this card showed us that was a big deal. So, again, nobody's taken away from the strategy. But when you're going to talk the way you do and you say you're going to knock the guy out, even though that's never been your MO, I get that you're trying to sell a fight. But you also can't be mad when you get a little bit of the reaction that we've seen where, okay, you know, I, I, I didn't see a chess match there. I'd love a chess match, too. I saw... I saw strategy, not a chess match. Chess match, I think of a lot of back and forth. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I see what you're saying. I'm meaning like, you don't have to like this style of fight, but if a if a fighter's strategy, and again, the Connor comments aside, if your strategy is like, hey, um, I'm gonna run up the score in the third round. If I don't find a way to finish him, I'm gonna chill out in round four, protect myself, and then put the pedal to the metal and win that fifth round. Right? No, and that's a perfectly like, valid strategy. That's a strategy, not the most interesting strategy, but certainly part of the game. Yes. And something that you have to negate on the other end if you're yes. RDA. Yes, yes. You do. Uh, and and I don't think he was able to do it. And you know, I agreed with the decisions pretty much the way they were laid out. So um five rounds of that then you had five rounds later. I just it felt like by the time we were done, it felt like such a long night, and it di- I didn't feel a ton of satisfaction. Probably the most was probably the Colby win, just to kind of see that guy kind of bust through, which we talked about a little last week on the podcast. Obviously, Holly was very, very, um, dude, it was awesome, dominating. It was awesome, but, but I mean, again, you're like, why couldn't she finish Megan Anderson the way she's winning this fight? That makes me worried for the next fight. And I, I know I'm one of those guys who should enjoy the moment, but, man, I was, I'm always with some of these fighters, especially Holly Holm. I want to see, okay, she needs to be back in the championship picture. Where is she going to land? What, I, mean, I don't which, even know who's in the featherweight division for the women right now. Well, it's, it's, so which one do you want, Cyborg or Nunez? 
Because those are the two directions, right? She either gets... Well, this was fought at featherweight, though, yes, right? Yes, I know. But she could go either way. Like, do you want her doing Amanda Nunes or do you want Cyborg? Because I'm not really sure to what you just said. I'm not really sure for as great as she looked against Megan Anderson, Megan Anderson, I should say, uh, that she brought anything to the table that would change the Cyborg rematch. And that's probably the fight I'm thinking of. That's probably the fight. And I don't know if she's got a lot there to, to, to fight Amanda Nunes either. I think she looked very dominant in this fight, but I think there's mu- – we talk a lot about those top two or three guys when we talk about certain other divisions. Uh, light heavyweight's been the thing we've talked about a lot, obviously, with John and Daniel and uh, Gustafson kind of being the three – I mean, shoot, man, past four or five years? That's it. It's pretty much been – we've talked about I mean, the drop-off. Glo- Glover's been in there, but – Yeah, Glover Teixeira's been in there, but – you talk about that step off, and we talk about that sometimes in other divisions too. Man, after the first three, there's a big drop. The women's division feels like every fighter, there's a big drop. Big drop. And well, and after four, forget about it, especially at Featherweight because there isn't anybody. They don't even have four. anybody ranked still yeah. at Featherweight. They had this Featherweight fight. They didn't. Have, they, there's nobody ranked. Holly Holm's still in the Bantamweight rankings to see her on the site. So I, in that division, I feel like there's just giant, giant steps. And if you can't finish a fighter and I know she was dominant if you can't finish Megan Anderson what are you going to do against Cyborg what are you going to do against Nunez I don't know so and would you like we'll sit on this for just a second and we'll move on like going forward are would you rather right now and I'm going to guess the answer is yes you'd rather right now uh Amanda and Cyborg as a super fight oh if I had to choose sure okay. but I don't think you necessarily wait just because you're not sure what Holly would do I think you make the fight so whatever fight Holly wants, if you got to make that fight, make that fight. If it's easier to make Holly Holm Amanda Nunez, do that. I mean, just because we don't think she can win doesn't mean she won't win. Right. Well, that's true too. And right? that's, you know, and she fought the fight and did what she was supposed to do. But, you know, I'm sitting there watching it and probably by the third round I'm like, man, I'm not seeing a thing here that's going to make me change my mind on what she can do, you know, after she lost to Chris Cyborg, uh, you know, she beat Megan Anderson. Um, she's never fought. Um, she hasn't fought Nunez, right? I don't uh, believe home? she has, no. No, I don't think she has either. Um, so who was it she took that weird loss to? The Misha Tate fight? No, that was... Oh. N- no, the... the uh, Jermaine... Uh, oh, Durandamy for, for the title. Yeah, I well, that wasn't that... That was for the title, and then Durandamy ditched the title after she found out she was going to have to fight Cyborg. Yes. Quit, so, the, quit the sport and now which, work at Best Buy. Or which I thought was kind of weird. So, I don't know, man. I think you make the fight, though. She got her win. These divisions are light for the women. I mean, thin, I guess I should say. And you got to make the fight. So, if if you're not going to do Nunez-Cyborg, then you do Holly Holm against either of those two. And you just let happen what happens. And then uh, we got to the uh, another fight in the heavyweight division. We'll do these really quick. Tied to Ivasa beating Andre Orlovsky. I didn't think it was a hang-up. I always think Andre's in it to win it. Like that was, I thought that was a really fun back-and-forth fight between two guys. I just feel like he's the guy that if he's not at that world-class level, I mean, because it was just two years ago, he was number four in the world, and I was, I was pushing you, for that fight. If you compare, I know you were, but if you compare that fight, so to Ivasa and Orlovsky, if you compare that fight to... The Curtis Blades Overeem fight, mm-hmm. right where Blades well, yeah. destroys Overeem. Yeah, like that's where you look at Overeem and go, maybe, maybe we're done here, buddy. Like, okay, but this is interesting because I'm usually the one advocating for guys that have come off a lot of losses to kind of, hey, well, let's give him this fight, give him this fight. What am I going back to? One, two, four, 
six. He's six out of eight in losses. Championship fight. Two wins in the last eight fights. He fights DC. You don't think that's a hang-up for Andre Arlovsky? Okay, so maybe, like, record aside, maybe yes. What I would say, though, is I didn't, on Saturday night, I was like, this is still a lot of fun. I'm sad for him he didn't get a win in Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. But a fun fight against a prospect and you want the prospect to win as you're alluding to you yeah. you need the divisions to grow so you want make no mistake you want Curtis Blades to beat Alistair Overeem mm-hmm. you want Tuivasa to beat Arlovsky because you want fresh blood because one of the complaints guys that we hear from you guys and we have here is there's no big fights in the UFC these pay-per-views don't have anybody on and blah blah you do that by passing the mm-hmm. torch and that's what you saw on Saturday night with these two fights I just thought the torch passing on Orlovsky doesn't necessarily mean you couldn't use him again where Overeem I'm I guess like, so I, I, just, I just I was just wondering for him at what point it's you know he's just going to hang him up I mean how yeah. old is he now he's got to be 35 I think he's 77 he's almost 40 yeah he's almost 40 and he grew up in Russia which for some perspective friends Yoel Romero 41 years old that's right so we go to the main event you guys got what you deserved. I told you last week, you got what you deserved. That was the worst fight ever <laughs> in the organization. Here's Hand, the funny, Hands down. Here's the funny thing. Who would have thought going into this fight, if you were going to say, this is going to be one of the most terrible fights in UFC history. And I was right. And we're all going to be pissed at Mike Jackson because of it. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't see that coming. I knew it was going to be awful. Right. I thought that was interesting. What do you think about all the hate he's gotten, considering it's, how this whole situation it's went well down? Well deserved. There was no when you really? t- when you talk about Holly Holm and going like if you can't if there's no more gear to put the lights out on Megan Anderson, what can you do against Cyborg? Right. Like, dude, you were so much better than him in every position. In every position, even and, and I saw online a couple of people talking about what about the tri- the triangle that CM Punk threw up was awful. It was an awful triangle. I think that was actually the Devil's Gate. The Undertaker taught him that. Yes. Well, it was awful, and it wouldn't have worked. It was an awful <laughs> setup. But um, you were better than him in every position. The fact that you couldn't beat up an old man in the ring who didn't have the skill set you did says everything you need to know about why that guy should never fight in the UFC either. Dana's right. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with Dana. That's the one thing this week I will agree with him on. Mm-hmm. That guy shouldn't fight either. That was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't good. I th- I mean, here's the interesting thing. You, you talk about losses and wins and how guys look and what they get out of each thing. I do think this is a much better ending for CM Punk in the UFC than he had walking into the cage. He stayed how in so he stayed in the whole fight. He took a beating. Yeah, okay. And let me let me just say guys, like at no point for the last 3 weeks that I've been talking about this fight do I hold anything over CM Punk? Because if you called me tomorrow and said, do you want to fight Jim in your hometown of Chicago on UFC 301 when you're 47 years old, I would say, yep, where do I sign? Right. Well, I do, I do think it was interesting. I do think there was a, a set of MMA fans that at least had some respect for the fact that he was able to last in the cage. Absolutely. You know, he made it to the, the, the decision there. And, you know, if you're looking realistically at this fight and a guy who just started this a couple of years ago at the age of 37 and, you know, athletically, he's he's very athletic in certain ways, but he's in a competitive way. He's never really been an athlete, so to speak, which is to me has been the most interesting thing to watch when you compare him to Brock. But Brock wasn't a pro wrestler. This, Brock was. This is what I'm saying. An amateur wrestler. This is what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of people because when you saw 
Brock come over, and then you saw CM Punk get signed, there was a lot of people who were like, who's next? Let's bring in Jeff Hardy. Let's mm-hmm. see what Triple H could do. Right where um, there's clearly a line of demarcation of people who come in with that athletic skill set that they can translate to another thing. Right. And then people who are just athletic. And, I, you know, he was a hyper-athletic human in the WWE, but those skill sets clearly don't translate here at no, all. No, the one that translated was the, was the toughness. And when a guy didn't have the skill set like Mike Jackson to sub him, there was, you know, I, you know, I watched that fight and I go, man, other than some of the real hard hitters at the top of the division, I bet you CM Punk could take a punch from anybody in there. Uh, no doubt. I mean, and that's I don't, I don't want to do that. That's not, no, exactly. That's not safe for him. That's not that's not your goal in this situation. But watching that fight, I was like, dude's tough. Dude's real tough. But I don't know. Did do you think anyone had doubts about that going into this? Oh, I think a lot of people did. A about lot. his toughness? I th- oh, come, MMA fans, okay. the purists, seeing this guy come over from. Remember, you have MMA fans that get really bent out of shape anytime you hear guys like Brock or CM Punk or Bobby Lashley. Any of these guys, they will, to a man, every time you ask them about it, hey, what's harder? Every single one of them says pro wrestling is harder. Being a pro wrestler is much harder on your body sure it is. than it is being an MMA fighter. Because you're not doing, and this is, this, is, this is not up for debate, this is fact. You're not doing 260 fights a year in the UFC. Well, and you're not doing 260 sparring sessions and your training isn't falling on your back or on your head and traveling every single day. I mean, there's there's a lot involved in the toughness. I think I think MMA fans that have a real disdain for pro wrestling just they want to think that these are actors flying around the country. And that's not it. They're athletes that are doing something that most of the world can't do. That most MMA fighters can't do. Or wouldn't want to. Or wouldn't want to. And that's and that doesn't mean they're better or they're worse. That just is what it is. That is tougher on your body. Brock loves UFC because he gets to go home and sit in a gym and train and do what he wants to do. And then he spars for the last whatever it is of the training camp. Right. right. Like the last month or so. Yep. And, you know, uh, I guess you'd have to, it depended on the camp. Some of these guys go a little more full force than others. And Dana's talked about maybe they shouldn't, uh, especially as you get closer to the fight. But talking to you, Kane Velasquez. <laughs> so you've got you've got a big difference in what these guys do with their life. And again, it's not saying a saying a pro wrestler's tough or 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 it's harder for them to be a pro wrestler than it is to be an MMA fighter. Doesn't take anything away from the dedication, the journey, and everything that happens when you're a UFC fighter. You when you're an MMA fighter. Yeah, and, when you're an amateur fighter. And understand that like what. I'm not going to put words. It's not one or the other. But yeah, it's not one or the other. And what you mean by harder is it's it's not to say like they're not the same thing. No. Right. So when you say harder, you just mean harder on the body because what Ken isn't saying is well, harder what to deal with. And I I mean, mentally, physically, everything encompasses there. I mean, that's one that's one thing that if a fighter's good at it, you know, training camp can be. I don't want to say cake because that takes away a lot of the effort and and the dedication and the time. But if a if a fighter is good at just that tunnel vision thing, they can have a great camp. They can, you know, a guy like GSP was known for that. Like he knows how to he goes in and he trains and he gets it done and he drills and he does it every day and does that what he wants every day and does what he wants every day. He never has to pick up a phone. 
and make a reservation. Never has to deal with a flight delay. Never has to check into a hotel at 2 in the morning and then talk to some guy like me at 6.55 in the morning. Yep. Uh, he doesn't have to do any of that, which is what pro wrestlers go through. And again, it's different. It's mind, it's body, it's just putting all of that together. So, again, harder isn't harder necessarily in the way that uh, it's very hard to be a top-level UFC athlete and win a championship, of course. But it's harder on your body, and you're falling. I mean, that's the things I just described to you doesn't even talk about the fact that you could take a bad bump, and you don't get you don't get six to eight weeks in medical suspensions for the most part. Right. You know, you hit a turnbuckle the wrong way, and all of a sudden, you know what? Guess what? You've got a back issue for the next six weeks while you're on the road, and that's what those guys deal with, and that's why, to a man, anybody who's done both says it's harder. I'm sorry, I can't change the fact that anybody who's done both tells you to a person. That pro wrestling is harder on my body and was harder for me. And that doesn't matter what level of pro wrestler you are or what level of UFC MMA fighter you are. So argue with those dudes. Argue with Josh Barnett. <laughs> argue with Bobby Lashley. Argue yep. with Brock Lesnar. And, you know, you can argue with CM Punk, too. So there you go. Uh, you got what you deserved. <laughs> and Eric's... Uh, Taking Michael Jackson off his Spotify playlist. Yes. Even though it's not the same dude, just to make a point. Uh, also going on this week, uh, this morning, Connor's lawyers entered a plea deal. He will go back uh, in front of a judge July 26th. Just for uh, a little bit of a recap, if this plea deal doesn't happen, he is eligible for seven years in prison for the attack in New York. Um, so, I, you know, I doubt that he will get that, but. Um, they have entered a plea deal, and we'll have to wait another month to see what happens. That's the update with Connor. Um, they you know what he pled? What did he plead to? Um, whatever the charge. Or they're negotiating. They're the negotiating plea. the plea right oh, now. He goes gotcha. back in front July twenty sixth. Um, the other thing that was announced last night, and then I want to talk about one more thing before we leave. Justin Gaethje and Ally Quinta did get signed. So super excited for that fight. Oh, that should be fun. It'll be, yeah, lots of fun. And then the last thing I want to talk about, because it's kind of been a mixed bag on our Facebook page, is the Contender Series this Tuesday, where Greg Hardy got a UFC contract. And I want to ask you, like... Oh, I did not know this. Do you, do you, do you care? Because, like, to me, it's like we're entering into this weird gray area where athletically... I mean, that was a ridiculously spectacular okay knockout. give me and the audience because we don't all have fight pass so uh greg hardy wins his fight in about 37 seconds and that's not an exaggeration um with a right hook overhand left to knock his opponent out and get a ufc contract it was this if depending on your understanding of greg hardy as a human uh his ability to exact violence can't be understated um it was highly athletic and explosive and he would be a dangerous human in the heavyweight division. So I don't, I, I don't see why the UFC wouldn't have given him a contract, right? right? But then we've got to enter into this weird gray area where you could talk for an hour. We're not going to talk for an hour. I just want to get your context of this, where like he was accused of a really horrific crime of domestic violence. Right. The, the victim in this stopped... Working with prosecutors, the case mm -hmm. falls apart, and he nothing happened. Yes, right. That gets us to this, but he was let go from the Cowboys in his second chance in the UFC because he turned out to be too toxic a human being. However, Dean Thomas and King Mo vouch for him currently on his third chance. Yeah, speaking. So, well, I mean, this I is more. Than, this is more than three chances. I remember because. Uh, 
I obviously follow I follow football a little more, I think, than Eric. Yeah, oh, certainly. And I remember reading stories about how, you know, his high school coaches saw some problems. I remember, was didn't he go to Ole Miss, I think? I think he was indefinitely suspended there at least once. And I know he was, uh, what, in 2014 he was arrested. If I'm, And I'm just going through some of this stuff. In 2015, I got it in front of me now. There, there's a lot going on with Greg Hardy. And this is, this is the situation. Um, he's never taken responsibility. He denies doing anything to his girlfriend. Uh, like you said, she stopped cooperating cooperating word that they use photos of her injuries were later published and that was ugly um he said that thing about sorry for doing something horrific but never alluded to what that was there were a lot of things going on with greg hardy and i think it's a problem for the ufc it doesn't matter how impressive he is i think the ufc has gotten so far past this human cockfighting thing and you look at a guy like greg hardy and, you know, he throws a lot of that out the window, man. He makes your PR work a disaster if he does well. And God forbid he does something again. And a guy like him, and I've said this I've said this about a couple different dudes. I've even said it about Conor McGregor, saying, I don't know when Conor's going to stop if there's no consequence. Sure. John Jones, another guy. When is he going to stop if there's no consequence? And for so long, there was no consequence to John Jones when he would do something stupid. Yep. And at this point, Greg Hardy is going to walk into the UFC with a contract. And yeah, he basically got shunned from the NFL. But is that a real consequence when he's going to be doing fighting now? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't like this. I just, I have a bad gut feeling about this guy. And this is even different than, I don't know, man. I don't I don't even know how to say it. It's just, it, it feels different than even other guys who've had these kind of issues and I'm not I'm not trying to give anybody a pass you mean like Travis Brown or maybe even Nick <sighs> Diaz right now Travis or? Brown Nick, not those guys as much but you know and I know um the guy from the Ravens I forget his name off the top of my head uh got caught in the elevator oh and it's um, and that was terrible that was horrible I'm not giving him any excuse uh, whatsoever he owned up to that immediately his his only crime according to the nfl was that he was videotaped doing it because they knew all that crap about him and let him play i forget i forget his name off the top of my head i don't know why i can't remember his name uh ray uh what's his last name um, not ray lewis no not ray lewis it's the other um ray. Bah, 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 bah. i forget off the top of my head i'll have to look but i mean i remember that that whole schedule being his only crime or that whole uh set of circumstances being his only crime was when the video came out when tmz put the video together and the NFL had known that he had done that before. So, again, I'm not giving him any Ray Rice. There you go. Um, I'm not giving him any pass there. But, man, just when you see this dude, Greg Hardy, just feels different. And I don't know why. I just think it's going to be bad news. And I hope I'm wrong. Well, I hope you're wrong, too. But, it, you know, it, it, it opens a lot of interesting questions um, uh, just about the sport in general. And, and I, you know, I will be transparent before we leave this week. And you can follow along with everything we're doing this weekend uh, on Twitter and Facebook by searching Wow Show. You know, over the last six months, Ken and I have had a lot of discussions about the way in which this sport is going and what the, the future looks like, not only for the sport, but what it looks like for us. And things like this is like, I, I mean, if this is what we're doing, mm -hmm. I don't know that this is what I want to be doing. If you, take my meaning right like yeah i understand that but i mean you've got i guess you have to look at it it's hard to, it's hard to do this sometimes but you have to kind of look at the situation 
for the way society has laid it out for us. And at this point, you've got a guy like Floyd Money Mayweather, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple accusations, multiple run-ins with the law, with domestic situations, and that guy's making $300 million to fight their guy. They made a lot of money off Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So let's not, this is not the first time no, they're going it, into business with somebody like this. This one feels a little different, though, and I don't know if it's the size, if it's just the, you know, like that knockout was brutal. It's brutal. I, I saw you, the, I saw the gif of the okay. actual knockout. I didn't uh, realize the situation that it was in. Here, you can watch the whole thing right here. Yeah, 57 seconds. You know, um, I mean, it, it, you know, his ability to injure a human is insane for the size in which he is, mm-hmm. right? Like he moves, he's very um he's very similar to to me physically if we want to just talk about MMA and his ability to fight. His physicality and his athleticism is very similar to what you thought you were going to see from a guy like Travis Brown. Right. As large as he was, the stuff that he could do, um mm-hmm. that's what you're getting with Greg Hardy. And so if you're a fan of this sport from a fight perspective, I, I can see why you would be interested in this guy. Well, and here's the other thing, too. We Let's go to the other side. Uh, CM Punk's not competitively athletic. He's obviously an athletic person and can do athletic things. Uh, one of the top, I mean, let's do our public school math real quick. So you've got 30 NFL teams, right? Is that where we're at, 30 or 32? Let's, let's say 32. Let's I say, think I'm wrong. Sure. You have 1,700 humans in the country in the world, I guess I should say, yeah, the world. 1,700 humans in the world that can make an NFL team. He was one of them. Competitive athletics, he's one of the top guys in the world. And I know that's hard to say. He's, he'd be on an NFL team. It doesn't matter. But my understanding, because again, you're way, he even... Like push it a little bit farther. He was one of the best at his position. He was too, really good. Right? Yeah, no, he was really good too. So I mean, any of those guys that even sniff an NFL team competitively, competitive athletics, they're going to be some of the best on the planet. Now that doesn't necessarily make them great fighters. Not every linebacker is going to walk into a division. Uh, no, and, but if you, but if you go and watch this fifty second video, it's on our our Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. on the UFC's page. Like guys, you're going to see not only the physicality and the athleticism that Ken is talking about, but tactically and strategically he sees things he shouldn't be able to see for as young as he is in his career but he's better he's 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 athletic he was a top nfl star i mean that's the thing yeah so again i see why the ufc wants him i see why fans are interested in him he i mean he's using that athletic background to level up his fight game quicker than most people could and you see it in just 56 seconds well and the other thing too is like and and i talked about the Line the uh, the lineman not being able to walk in the UFC. He was a defensive end. Those guys are fast. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically they are linemen, but they're not those guys in yeah. the middle. Yeah, and those guys are fast. Those guys are athletic. Those guys are built to take other people down. That's another thing too. I mean, there's a lot that which we didn't see in this fight, right? Like, right. But what we see is he he knows his spacing because of that. Yeah. You know, he knows how to move around. I mean, that's that's one of those things. Is he always had to do that? In, at NFL speed. I mean, that's one thing MMA guys have a lot of trouble doing is tra- you can't train, train in speed for the most part. He's been doing it his whole life. Yes. He's been trying to run around guys and knock an other dude down for a long time in his life. And when he can't knock that other guy down, he has to take a half of a, a millisecond to decide whether or not to jump up and block a pass. And he's got to get up eight to nine feet to do that. I mean, there's... Uh, 
I mean, if you're going to talk about some of the guys on the field that might be built for MMA, I don't know, other than maybe a linebacker. Hell, man, even linebackers aren't as quick as DNs sometimes. I don't know if there's a better position to kind of look at than these guys. If you want to talk about somebody who could transition from the NFL to MMA. And that's why he did what he did in 57 seconds. He's a heavyweight. Those guys are slow. Yeah. He's going to speed outspeed everybody. <coughs> and, you know, and, and so I, I hope we're wrong. Um, I'm with you. I Like, my Brady Bunch Tiki doll alarm is going off, right? Like, I, you know, it, I just got a bad feeling about this whole thing. Because mm-hmm. it feels like there's... Look... I'm not saying that some guy could should face ramifications that the the system designed to give him ramifications didn't give him. I can't do that. But what I can say is it feels as if there's some unfinished business with all of that that's going to come back to haunt somebody. And I just hope it's that's probably not. you and I feel like we're very close to the same page there. It just feels like something bad is going to happen. And I hope it doesn't. And I mean, maybe I'm, this guy's turned it around. And he's going to be. One of those guys in three or four years, and we'll say, hey, man, man, hey, he's kept his nose clean. You know, he did what he was supposed to do legally. Uh, now here he is, headlining UFC pay-per-view, going to fight for the championship. That's best-case scenario. And It's heavyweight, is, It's heavyweight. I'm going to tell you it's going to be 20 months tops because, there's, you know, it's a light. <laughs> it's a light. How long, is, how long is, how short is too short for us to kind of give him, not a pass per se, but to be more accepting? And understand that he's I don't, really you, done this well, long enough to... So I, you and I have done this long enough to know that, that people have really terrible memories. And when he goes in and knocks out Alistair Overeem, and he goes in and he knocks out... Shit, if they put him against Nagano to start, he goes and knocks out... Well, Naga- three right? years from now, Stipe's going to be older. Right. He, maybe Stipe holds the belt in there three years. Maybe. Dominant champion. He's the guy that walks in there and does that. And he knocks him out in 33 seconds, no one will care. Huh. No is that okay? You, uh, n- it's hard to say, and I don't want to do another two hours of this. <laughs> I mean, I would love to at some point do two hours of this, but I right. think to to your point, when we're all plunking down a hundred bucks to watch Connor and Mayweather go, no, doesn't matter at all. There, I mean, there's court cases and jail time and fines and like following Floyd around, right? right? Like, there's not supposition. There's fact following that right. guy around, and we still were like hundred bucks. You got it. Right. And I mean, and there's fact following this guy around. There's pictures out there. There's there's bruises on a woman. And all we and here's the thing, I guess, at least as far as this case goes, we don't feel like there was ever a chance for real resolution. And that that is one thing Mayweather's gone through. At least. Of course he has. But He's what- gone in front of judges and we've whether or not we like it or not, that system has worked its way. I think there's a feeling of. Things being incomplete with Greg Hardy, that probably is what is causing that little nagging feeling in both you and I. Like, you never really, uh, she stopped cooperating. <sighs> Man, that feels weird. Stop cooperating, and then, like, I think the reason I feel the weirdest is stop cooperating, and then we put him in a Petri dish that celebrates the most violence possible. And that's what we're going to probably see for the foreseeable future as far as his career is concerned. Because if they didn't want him there, they wouldn't have put him on TV. They didn't need to. They didn't need to invite him. That was in Vegas, right? Yeah. They did not need to invite that dude there. Yep. Let him go to Bellator. Let him go to Bama. Let him go anywhere else. So clearly, the UFC has made their decision at this point because 
And they, I didn't even need to worry about the if they were worried about blowback, you don't even you don't even open that door. No, because and this was one of the most interesting tweets, and we'll end it here. The interesting tweets was from um, Damon Martin this week, who was saying like for all these people who are like he's going to fight in the UFC, he's on Fight Pass fighting in the UFC Fighting Center on a UFC sponsored show, so he's already in the to your point already in the UFC. Yeah, they already made that bed, and now they got to lie in it. Yes, that's it. As always, on Twitter or Facebook, you can search Wow Show. I am Eric Hulkerin. That is Ken Evans, and this is your MMA show.